0: Hello and thank you for tuning in to Pivoting with Emily. My name is Emily and I'm your host. This podcast is for anyone looking for an escape that leaves them feeling inspired. I'm a woman in my 20s and I'm trying to figure it all out, fight for my dreams, and be the best version of myself along the way. Today's topic is all about finding your personal style and how to build a wardrobe that you love long term. I'm going to discuss 12 tips on how to do this, all from personal experience. But before we get started with today's episode, we are going to do my usual three segments, which includes my current inspiration, how I'm becoming the best version of myself, and something I'm looking forward to. So let's get started. My current inspiration is actually someone who has inspired me for some time now, and that is Tori Simone. I really wanted to give a shout out to one of my favorite podcasters, and her podcast name is Manifest with Tori Simone. but she's actually a lot more than just a podcaster. She's also a co-owner of a spin studio called Stride and has built an online community on YouTube and Instagram. She has taken her entrepreneurial heart one step further and just got done with her digital planner called manifest. And I freaking love it. Like everything she does is so from the heart and exactly what she wants to do. Something I find extremely interesting about Tori, and she may not like to be defined this way. So I don't, I hate to like define her this way, but I think it says a lot about her. So just bear with me. And that's the fact that she is basically a college dropout, from my understanding, from what she's shared publicly. Um, on her podcast is that she went to either like one semester or two semesters of university and then decided to come home and open up a spin studio, like acting as an entrepreneur instead. And to me, this was extremely ambitious. I mean, we live in a world where like you go to college, you know what I mean, and for her to drop out and come home and follow her heart of opening a spin studio, I find stunning. I really do. I find that to be, I don't know. I I just think that's so cool. And I know it's kind of cheesy, but I literally just got chills thinking about it because someone who just knows what they want and goes after it, I, I just like, I love that. I wish I was less indecisive and more focused like that. And I honestly really look up to her and everything she does. Another reason that I might Feel this way is because a lot of what she does, I'm interested in as well. So for example, I really would love to have a successful online presence just like her. So she has a a successful YouTube channel, Instagram, and podcast space. And I would love to flourish in these areas and build a community that is similarly minded. As me. And that's kind of what she's built for herself. And I would just love to have that too. And so that's probably another reason why I really like listening to her stuff. But furthermore, I mean, she's a smart girl. She really is. I mean, you don't get as far as she's gotten and not be smart. But she has this way about her where she's very relatable and she speaks openly about her issues. And she's yeah, she's just very open. And yeah, I just really look up to her. So this one this week has to go to my girl, Tori De Simone. Now how I'm becoming the best version of myself. It is by focusing on compassionate and effective communication. Both keywords there, compassionate and effective communication. This subject to me, I could write and deliver an entire podcast episode about truthfully because this is one of my weaknesses and I'm really kind of putting myself in a vulnerable spot by talking about it. But, you know, that's what this podcast is about, having open conversations about issues in my life to help you guys and honestly to help myself as well. But it has come to my attention that I lack compassion in some of my conversations, especially in leadership roles. And when you lack compassion – you also lack emotional intelligence. And when you lack compassion and emotional intelligence, you then lose the effectiveness of your communication. So I've kind of always seen myself as this effective communicator. I've always been like, I'm a good leader. I see the issue in front of me. I solve the problem. I relay the message so nobody else has the problem. Like it's always been very systematic. I'm like, problem solved Communicate it. Everybody else do it too, and it's like that's not communicating. That that's literally not anything. That's that's in itself not effective, is what I've found out. So, you know, I'm a Type A type of person, and this is something I need to work on. I'm I feel like there's this correlation by, between like being a Type A type of person and being too stern and tense and to the point. And when you're too much of that, you're not getting the message across to ever even cross that barrier of communicating effectively. So like I said, I, I'm i in the position of leadership roles in school, work, in different areas of my life now that I'm becoming a young adult and, you know, getting into those roles. And it's definitely come to my light that this is a weakness, if not my biggest weakness when it comes to being a leader, is this ability to compassionately and effectively communicate with people. And, Does it affect me like all the way around? No. You know, I can obviously function, but it's something that has come to my attention that I really want to work on. And the way that I'm doing that is by not talking. (laughs) That's one way. And remembering to always be the bigger person in conversation. It's very easy. It's very easy for me to over speak someone. I mean, it's almost like, one of my greatest skills is to be able to confidently speak over someone get my point across and say it in a very strict and stern way and it just doesn't work it doesn't work anymore and i was doing some research in this area just like on a personal level and i wanted to read a concept that i read in a book it's by daniel goleman he's a harvard psychologist and author of the book emotional intelligence and a big premise of the book is that emotional intelligence is the number one factor to predict life success. Number one. (laughs) And he goes on to say, and there's a lot of data that backs this up, that people with the highest IQs, the highest IQs actually achieve less overall life success than people with high EQs. So you can have an average IQ, And a above-average EQ and be more successful in life statistically than a person with a only high and even like the highest of IQs. And while that obviously there's outliers in that, and you could give examples of outliers, so on and so forth, that's still what the data says. And I just found that to be very interesting and for me doing research in self-development and in these different areas where it's science-backed really helps me to understand where my weaknesses truly do lie so it's almost like this intersection of like real life complications in science coming together for me to really see like emily this is something you need to work on and i do think that this (laughs) quote, becoming the best, how I'm becoming the best version of myself segment this week. is kind of a lot. Like I said, I feel like I could make a whole podcast episode over this subject, but I want to wait for that. I really want to be better read and just dive into a little bit more literature before I do a podcast episode over IQ and EQ. But yeah, (laughs) I'm sorry. That was a lot, but I hope that if this, you know, isn't at all relatable to you, it's another life perspective and. I don't know, something to think about, I guess. So how I'm becoming the best version of myself, focusing on compassionate and effective communication. Something I am looking forward to is my new book club. I am so excited to be a part of another in-person book club. It has been a couple of years since I have been a part of one and it all stemmed from my workplace, actually. Me and another colleague were, working, were talking about books and something we were reading and it kind of branched into, oh, okay, let's like read this book and maybe talk about it just for fun. Cause we were both, we we're both interested in Colleen Hoover and we're reading her books. So we were like, Oh, have you heard of Verity? That was our first book. Okay. And it kind of stemmed from me and her to me, her and one other girl. And then it turned into like this entire group of like eight girls. And I feel like it's still growing. So I'm so excited. Our first book club meeting was so much fun. We stayed on topic the whole entire time, and everybody, I don't know, it was just like a really good group of girls. So I'm very excited to be a part of that again. Our first book, like I said, was Verity by Colleen Hoover. Phenomenal book for a book club, by the way, if you wanted to know, and phenomenal book in general. Um, And then we did that about two weeks ago. Our next meeting is in like a week to week and a half. And we're actually reading two books. We're reading Reminders of Him and Where the Crawl Dads Sing both I already know are going to be amazing. I've already actually, I've actually already read Where the Crawdads Sing, but all the girls wanted to read it. So I was like, yes, of course, let's do it. I really want to talk about this book with somebody. And then Reminders of Him is just another book we chose because we all seem to be very fast readers. So we just went ahead and did two. So very excited about that. And just in general, I think it is so much fun to have a book club. If you have been wanting to get involved with a book club, I Highly recommend trying to start it. Even if it's just a book club for two, that is a lot of fun too. Coffee shop and discussing a book, chef's kiss. It's amazing. I've done that before as well and it's amazing. So highly recommend. And then if you can be a part of just an in-group, in-person larger group book club, of course, that would be amazing as well. If not, there are things like Goodreads and Instagram pages, Facebook pages, things like that where you can get kind of that fix of talking about characters and storylines and things like that with somebody else. So anyways, what I'm looking forward to is everything to do with my book club. Isn't it frustrating to go to your closet and feel like you have nothing to wear? even though your closet is full of clothes? Relatable. My goal for today's episode is to offer some tips on personal style and building a wardrobe that you love. I feel like I used to be so in touch with my sense of fashion. Like in high school, I was so confident in my clothes. I feel like they fit me well. I feel like I liked what I wore. And I also felt like when I went to my closet I was wearing things that really reflected who I was, which to me personally is very important to me and makes me feel more confident. Well, whenever I started to change entering out of high school and into my early 20s, I feel like I really lost touch of not only who I was like in all areas of life, but also my sense of fashion went out the door with it. Because you know, there's a lot of changes going on in your early twenties and really all throughout your twenties. And if you don't stay on top of like your fashion and the way you like to dress, and it's even deeper than just fashion. If you don't stay on top of like your home decor and like the habits you want to have in different areas of your life, like they start to fade and they start to like be confusing and that's kind of what happened to my closet it it just became confusing because i wasn't who i was in high school nor did my clothes fit me the same and like just styles and trends kind of faded as well and when i started to go to my closet i was like gosh i just feel like i have nothing to wear and it felt like i had to go shopping for every single event that i was going to and I was just out of touch with it and I know a lot of people feel this way and it and it doesn't have to be the transition from high school to college or college into your quote grown up job. It can be any kind of phase or transition in life where if you haven't if you don't have these two things that I'm about to talk about, it's really hard to feel like you have a wardrobe you actually love. And the two things I'm talking about is you really need to a build a closet that you love, like start today, just start compiling items that you really like and suit you and start building your wardrobe that you, that you just really love. But there's a second component to it, which is B, which is to stay on top of your wardrobe as you change and consistently be cycling through clothing instead of holding on to everything. And I think saying those two things is actually very significant because as we transition out of phases in our life, we'll find that maybe we were following a trend or maybe we were following a style that we're just growing out of. And that's what's happened to me. but. Ever since in these last three years of my life where I was like, I want to have a sense of style again because I love clothes and I love expressing myself through my clothes, is I started to build kind of that foundation. And then I just have kept up with it. I, I no longer feel the need to like hold on to clothing from a certain era in my life where you know there are some pieces that I have held on to, but that's because they're timeless and a reflection of who I am in a small way. So, but back to the point, my point is, is like, we want a wardrobe. We feel like we can go into our closet and at minimum, we have like a pair of jeans that we love on us, a t-shirt and tank top. We love on us a exercise Mm -hmm. outfit. We feel like looks good on our body and we feel confident in, and so on and so forth. Like there's things that we need to be able to grab in our closet. And I feel like the ultimate goal is if any occasion arises, you can go in your closet and grab something and go to the occasion without having to go shopping. Or at least that's kind of the goal for me. And okay, girl, I love shopping, okay? So you are I'm never gonna stop going shopping for special occasions. That's not really kind of the point I'm trying to get at. The point is, is you wanna have a wardrobe where you go to your closet and there's something there for you. You know what I mean? There's something there. Um, But I want to circle back around to that that concept I was just talking about where A, you build a closet you love, and B, you stay on top of it as you change and evolve. So as you change and evolve as a person, so does your wardrobe. And – that's to avoid getting lost again when it comes to your sense of fashion, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. so although I am a, in a stage of my life where I'm still you know, taking college classes and I work at a hospital, whenever I'm done with college and I'm hopefully a medical doctor one day – my wardrobe would definitely change. It would definitely change in those two ways. And I just need to always change with it. I I never want to just like leave my wardrobe in the dust, which I think at some point in every single person's life, we go through that where you just kind of like leave it in the dust and you kind of forget to evolve your wardrobe with your personality. So the, the goal is to build a wardrobe and then stay on top of it as you are changing. So what I want to do in today's episode, which I thought would be fun, is this is very like a beginner's how to build your wardrobe. I put together, let's see, I've put together 12 tips. So it's going to be 12 tips on how to build a closet that you actually love. And I think these are really fun tips. I just put these down in my notes app while I was hanging out by the pool. I wanted this to be a fun and lighthearted episode that could give you guys really effective tips that... I know I have used every single one of these tips I currently practice as we speak and I found them to be very valuable. I didn't need to do any research for this episode. I just spoke from my heart because I have truly gone through this and I hope you guys find it helpful. So let's jump into the tips. Tip number one, go through your closet. I mean, I feel like this is kind of like duh, but I have some insight on this. Okay. And I don't like to take a intense approach to this. I think the first couple of times that you're going through your closet and your clothes that you're really questionable about, you do this very loosely. And I recommend three piles. Duh. So you have like a sell and donate pile. You have a pile that you're not sure about. And then you have a definitely keep pile. Like I said, the first couple of times you do this, there's no point in being ruthless about this. You just go through your clothes, put them in those three piles and move on. But I do have a very key tip, and that is the middle pile, the the pile that you're like, "I'm not sure if I want to keep or get rid of this." That's okay, as long as you have a place to store it. So I want you to store those clothing items in an area you cannot see. Out of sight, out of mind. I personally have like a storage container that slides under my bed, and that's where I keep this category of clothing like they go under the bed They're out of sight out of mind if For whatever reason I need an item out of there My brain would like think of it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's under the bed That means I should probably pull that into the keep pile like if three months from now I want something out of there If not like all of that stuff is going to get sold or donated the next time that I do my closet clean out. So be gracious with yourself. I definitely think there's a solution to having that anxiety about getting rid of stuff. And that solution is out of sight, out of mind. So that is my tip for that. And something else that should be said about this is that it gets easier and easier and easier with getting rid of stuff as you start to build a closet you genuinely love like once you start going to your closet and you're like i want to wear this this and this or i could wear this you know you just like have all these options and you're really happy with your wardrobe it becomes so easy to get rid of stuff like I've bought stuff from like three years ago. I'll go to my closet. I'm like, I am not wearing this in two years. Bye. Like, it's getting donated. You're going to Goodwill because I don't have room, A, and B, I just don't wear it. It just becomes easier. Like, once you're confident in your wardrobe, girl, it gets so easy to go through your clothes. So don't make it an anxious experience to go through your closet. Make it a fun one. Like, put on some fun music or put on a YouTube video in the background, podcast, whatever you want to do, and – like make it fun, make it a good experience because i i don't know, i used to have a lot of anxiety about getting rid of stuff that i don't know, i just like had an emotional connection with or i used to wear all the time, which i guess is the same thing as an emotional connection. But you know, those pieces of clothing, you're like, i just loved these jeans back in high school and maybe I'll fit into them again one day. Like, that's totally okay to have that. I like everyone goes through that. And if you want to put them under your bed because you know you are not going to be wearing them and then Maybe you'll never get rid of them or maybe you'll get rid of them in a couple years. Like just have some grace with yourself about this. So number one tip, going through your closet. And a bonus tip that's kind of with this one is to go through your undergarments as well. So you're like bras and panties. This is a good time for me to say that you should like replace your your thongs every so often. I think the rule is like 6 months. Don't quote me on that. I guess I'm not sure. But um yeah, replacing undies that just, you know, don't work anymore and then also bras. I feel like a big part of finding my personal style and this is kind of interesting was finding the right bra for me. I never wear underwire bras. So like there's that. Number two is I pretty much always wear a lacy bandeau. No, no, not a bandeau. It's a um Oh my gosh, what is it called? Bralette. That's what it's called. I wear bralettes. I am like I'm smaller chested. I probably have a B. You know, like barely, but I probably have a B. I, I'm, like, I'm not sure. I've always been like small chested. So it's kind of, I don't know. I used to get teased about it, but I love it now. And I'm probably like a B and I wear lacy bralettes. Not only are they super cute, but I just think they always look good on me. I don't know. I just really like them. So finding the right bra is really important. And you might surprise yourself with what type of bra you like. So be adventurous with this. Um, And then, oh my gosh, having the right uh, strapless bra is everything is everything you need to have the correct strapless bra trust me I'm helping you out by telling you that and then of course undies where you can't see underwear line and shapewear if that is important to you I know with my slimmer fit dresses shapewear is really important to me so having the correct shapewear that's all things to consider when building your wardrobe so going through your current under underclothing garments and then changing as needed, I think is fair to talk about as well. So that is tip number one. Moving on to tip number two is consider your lifestyle. So I'll just give some like lifestyle examples. Number one is work. Like do you need professional clothing? Do you need scrubs? Are you currently a student? Like what is your work life like? And do you have clothing that makes you feel good to wear to your work. Cause we spend a lot of time working, you know, we spend a lot of our life working and I think it is fair to have cute work clothes. So that's one thing to consider. The other one to consider is physical activity or like your fitness routine. So are you a gym rat, cardio junkie, tennis player, golfer? Um, the list goes on. Like what kind of activities do you do? Do you feel like you have cute outfits for, this area of your life? Do you feel it is important you have cute outfits for this area of your life? I know for me personally, I like to have cute outfits for every area. Okay. So for me, I do a lot of running and yoga. So I like having outfits that make me feel good and I feel confident in for those activities. The other ones are like hobbies and activities with your friends. So or family members, like such as maybe you go to church regularly or you go to a lot of dinners or brunches with your friends or family members. Maybe you're at a stage in your life where you're going out a lot. So having like going out, uh, like cocktail dresses and things like that is important to you. And then another thing to consider is where you live, like your geographical location. So I live in Texas. It's hot majority of the year. So having clothes that fit, (laughs) that is really important. And then another example is that if you live in Seattle, it rains a lot. So having shoes that are good for that and then like rain, a sturdy raincoat that looks really good would be important for that as well. And then also, I mean, you could go on and on, but tropical locations, um, locations that have a lot of snow, things like that. So all of those things need to be considered when it comes to your lifestyle and when you're board building a wardrobe because we want to have functional pieces. We want to have functional pieces that are timeless. So please do consider your lifestyle and figure out what you wear the most. Like I know for me, I wear scrubs, workout clothes, and I, I wear a lot of that. <laughs> but I also need outfits that are kind of more laid back and basic for like brunches. Um, camping, hiking, and just like hanging out with the fam and friends, I guess, would like that's some stuff that comes to my mind. And then another thing I wanted to talk about kind of within this lifestyle category or tip is getting your basics down. I feel like maybe this could be a tip in itself, but like having basics is really important. So when you're thinking of your basics, be thinking of like Specific types of clothing items. So you're like bottoms, tops, shoes, those types of things. And then also think in a very neutral color palette. So like black, gray, white, tan. And when you're first building your wardrobe, definitely think in this way like, what's my lifestyle like? Do I have functional foundation? pieces. (laughs) pieces. <laughs> do I have functional foundational pieces? And the first thing you should really be thinking of is like, can I go to my closet and have a go-to outfit? Like, do I have at least two to three go-to outfits for when I go to my job? Do I have two to three go-to outfits when I go to do my physical activity things so like going to the gym or going on a run? can I go to my closet and have the correct shoe to wear with that? Because shoe is very important. And although accessories aren't that important, some are. Like I would argue that a girl having like a crossbody bag that is very neutral and goes with tons of outfits, you don't need a ton. And it doesn't need to be expensive. Like Target has tons of cute um, crossbody bags. Having one go-to one is really important. And something I did with my basics is I stuck with – A very specific color scheme and went crazy with it so I love creams and tans and I also love denim so getting a good fitting pair of denim and then finding a lot of cream accessories such as my shoes and my tops my crossbody bag and well I guess that's really all like I stuck with one very specific pattern and now that I think about it I think I stuck primarily with like Denim for sure, but also I, I said tan, but it was also white. Like those were definitely the colors I was attracted to at first. And then I kind of branched from there because you you always have to remember like all of this costs money. So you need to be very specific and having like a couple go-to outfits that are functional and foundational, I think is where you should start. But remember, always keep in mind your lifestyle and what you're truly going to be wearing very consistently and that you would enjoy wearing. So tip number two is to consider your lifestyle. Tip number three is understand that it takes time and money to build a wardrobe of your dreams. So I've been on this journey for about three years. I was kind of estimating. I was like thinking back, I was like, how long have I been like focusing, like actively focusing on building a wardrobe I actually like? I would say it's been about three years. All the years before that, I guess I was just lost in La La Land. I don't really know what I was doing. I don't know. But anyways, I'm here now and I finally feel like I am good at layering and accessorizing, but it's taken time. Like I feel like having those go-to outfits and go-to colors was the first thing that I did. And then I kind of just like branched from there. So I just wanted to like throw this tip out there. Like it, it costs money, it costs money and it takes time to really figure out what you like. And knowing that going into this is so important and sticking to the basics and having go-to outfits is so important to keep in mind. You're going to repeat jeans. Like you're going to have the same jeans on multiple times. Heck, I mean, when it comes to scrubs that I like on my body because I I, le- I work in a hospital, it's I'm wearing a lot of the same ones. I mean, scrubs are especially the kind of – I mean, they can be very expensive. And so I have – three pairs of scrubs that I really, really like. And then I have two backups and I'm working at a hospital like five, six days a week. So I'm doing laundry on Sundays and sometimes in the middle of the week to make sure I have those scrubs that I feel confident in on my body most of the time, if if that makes sense. And same goes with jeans. Like I was wearing the same pair of jeans for a long while until I was able to, you know, continuously build and build and well, build more, a bigger wardrobe. So I just wanted to put that out there, like cost money. It takes time. Like it's not going to happen overnight, but putting effort into this is essentially how you make changes. So that is tip number three, understanding that it takes time and money. Number 4 is when to splurge and how to correctly. So I have a little bit of insight when it comes to splurging. I am a bit of a shopaholic. Like if you should know anything about me and like my bad habits, it's that I really love to shop. And I would be one of those people that you consider um like under the category of retail therapy is that what people call it yeah i i'm someone that does that and although i acknowledge my problem i still have it as a problem i'm one of those girls that goes to targets and overspends like it's me okay so i'm sure if you're listening to this you can relate and if you can't relate then you know what i'm talking about i am really bad about this so i have some insight on when to slur splurge and how to do it correctly so Of course, the goal is to be able to have such a strong wardrobe that when you go into your closet, you have an outfit for an occasion. And then it's only like sometimes that you would need to go shopping for a particular piece, if that makes sense. Like that's the goal. You want really a capsule wardrobe that – really, it just is who you are. And you can just go in and and pick the pair of shoes and, and the dress and the necklace and it just all works perfectly. And it's already in your wardrobe and it already is so you. It's such an expression of who you are already. But whenever you're building a wardrobe, you need to take advantage of the times when you need something and be willing to spend The money on a piece or a couple of pieces for that event. So if you're going to a dinner, like a birthday dinner, for example, and you want to get a new outfit for this birthday dinner and you know you have the funds to do that, you're not spending irresponsibly and you're like, I really want to get a new dress, a new cocktail dress for this event. And I want a new pair of shoes as well. And you go out and you go to some of your favorite boutiques, some of your favorite stores in town, and you find it. What I want you to do is keep in mind the idea of timelessness. Like what can you see yourself wearing long-term? And make sure, my advice is to make sure it's a neutral color and it's a, Style of dress that you can see yourself wearing years down the road because when you're building your wardrobe Kind of from scratch and you're trying to really kind of find your sense of style It's this is really important. You don't want to get into a situation where you buy something one time and then you just sit in your closet forever after that. Like you want to be able to wear this multiple times. You don't want to get into a cycle of splurging and spending a lot of money on items that you only wear once. Like I have a very good example of this. I was going to Vegas and I purchased this blouse from a boutique. It was a one shoulder, bright pink, very cute top. And Okay, two two issues. It was bright pink, which of course, I was in Vegas, so yeah, so cute, but it was during the build phase of my wardrobe and like, yeah, that just doesn't really I, I'm not like walking around wearing bright pink blouses personally. like it just wasn't the shade of pink that I would do that in. Anyways, so bright pink was one issue. The other issue was that I had to wear sticky boobs to like if i if i didn't want my nipples to show and this was not the type of blouse was like that was cute to have your nipples showing so i needed to have sticky boobs on so i go to vegas i forget my sticky boobs so i don't even get to wear the shirt it is still sitting in my closet, okay? It's like literally still sitting in there and I think I spent, don't judge me, like 40 plus dollars on it because it was like from a boutique. I thought it was so perfect and cute and I have not worn it once. So this is what you don't want to do. And then I also have an example of a time that was very successful. It was, I was going to my cousin's wedding and I got this adorable romper. It's like, it's a style that I know looks really good on me and it's i don't know how to explain this it like kind of is like high water ish it like kind of cuts off it's not like it's not like a capri style it's like just it just shows your ankle a little bit and you can wear it with a little wedge or a little block heel and it looks so cute and it is like muted tan and white it's like kind of like it's very neutral and um oh my gosh and yes it had white in it but it's not primarily white like it's definitely I was not wearing white at a wedding, I promise. And, anyways, it's just really cute, kind of like, it's more so like a tan color outfit. It is adorable. I have worn that thing, I think, three other times since getting it. And it was just a great timeless piece to add to my wardrobe. Whereas, yes, I did buy it for an event, but it's something that I could see myself wearing long term or multiple events. And look, you're not always going to hit it. You know, you're not always going to be correct <laughs> and wear things multiple times. Like some things you will just wear once, of course. But since we are trying to build a wardrobe and we don't want to spend too much money on something, always remember we want to have this to wear in multiple situations and yeah so that that's like kind of the tips i have uh the same thing goes for shoes i think shoes can be extremely expensive like as you can imagine and i've also been very successful on bearing wearing and buying, I've been successful on buying a pair of shoes that have worked so well on me. They were about one and a half inch block heels. I think I spent like $50 on them. They're probably Steve Madden, but I might be incorrect on that. And they're so, they're perfect. They're square toe. They have thin straps on them, which I really like, like a delicate style low to the ground heel. And my favorite heel is also a block heel. I think that looks very, pretty and dainty, which I love. And it just straps somewhere on my foot really, really great. I think I've worn those heels and I'm not being dramatic like 50 times, like literally 50 times. And that's well worth it in my book. So just buying things that aren't too much, they're just kind of perfect and you can see yourself wearing them again. So that is tip number four on when to splurge and how to do it correctly. Tip number five is Pinterest is your BFF, okay? If you love Pinterest, like you get it. You already know how good Pinterest is. So I have Pinterest boards that are dedicated to my style, like in in particular seasons, not of, oh, well, okay. So in particular seasons, such as like fall of 2022, this is kind of like what I'm wanting to try out. And then I also have like a yearly one. So it's like 2022 fashion, you know, like things that, are really catching me my eye. Like I'm really loving. And then, yeah, just like seasonal and yearly Pinterest boards about fashion and styles that you really like and want to try out, I think is an amazing way to get inspiration. And I'm going to be frank, copy an outfit. Like whenever I was first trying to figure out what my style was, one of the best Tips that I got from one of my girlfriends was to copy outfits head to toe. Like <laughs> she was like, if you currently do not know what you're doing when it comes to fashion, find find a girl on the internet, like whether that be social media or Pinterest or a Google search, and find an outfit you really love, and literally copy it to the t. Like go to your mall boutiques or online shop and buy it to a t. And I started doing that, and it's a very good tip. And I feel like Pinterest is the best source I have for finding style ideas that I really like. So Pinterest is definitely my best friend when it comes to my sense of style and building a wardrobe. So tip number five is Pinterest is your BFF. Tip number six is social media should inspire you. So I'm going to make this like quick and to the point because I really don't like being negative, but I do definitely feel like Social media. So, what I'm talking about is like um, Instagram, TikTok. Those are probably the two that I target most. Most with the what I'm about to say, and that is that if you're following anyone who is making you feel any negative emotions when you follow them, like I highly, highly recommend muting them, and or unfollowing them because it could be contributing to you just being overall discouraged with your sense of fashion and style. And I definitely had to unfollow people before that I really liked. And it's crazy because you honestly sometimes feel like a sense of loyalty to people that you followed for a really long time. But just like, I want to put this out there, like start please recognizing when someone is not a healthy follow for you. And it could be because of your own insecurities been there, still there. Like I completely understand And it it usually has nothing to do with the person you're following. And and it really does have to do with like inner insecurities. But please like just try to start recognizing that and unfollowing people that are just not good for you to be following because social media really can be such an inspiring place. And there's girls I follow. I love following Julia Havens um, in particular for her sense of style. The reason I love her is because she's really bold with How she dresses she like she does not care what she's wearing if she likes it and she wants to wear it She's wearing it and that's a reason that I freaking love following her another person. I love following Um, especially on youtube is delaney childs. I think that's her name. Yeah, delaney Childs, And she does these like fashion fridays and she's so cute She's like really good with her clothing and those are two really great follows, but i'm very inspired by them and I have been kind of like just felt like a little bit icky following other people before and like I said it had everything to do with me and not them but my advice is to like do a social media detox because social media should be doing nothing but inspiring you so that's tip number six is social media should inspire you tip number seven is don't get caught up in sizing girl let me repeat myself do not get caught up in sizing You might have been a certain size at this stage in your life. That girl is not you. That's not the girl listening to this podcast right now. Okay. That's not you. You are here and you're here right now in the body you have. And that body is beautiful and amazing. And it gets you up in the morning. It feeds you. It makes it made you listen to this podcast right now. Like your body as it is is so worthy and so amazing. And the thought, of another girl experiencing what I've gone through where you like don't want to literally buy something just because of its size. Like, I'm sorry, I could get emotional even just talking about it right now because going into a store and feeling like you know some you're a size bigger than you usually would be, it's really hard. And I feel like all girls can relate to this no matter what size you are. Like, if you're a size higher than you used to be, it does make you feel a certain type of way and to deny that is just not okay. And I just wanted to be another person on the internet that says sizing is literally bullshit and from store to store it changes all the time and it is so natural to size up as you turn into an adult. So natural to size up as you turn into an adult. And I want to tell you guys something. When I started sizing up, I started looking so good in my clothing, okay? I started looking phenomenal because things weren't fitting me incorrectly anymore like things were sitting on my hips the way they should be and they weren't cutting into my thighs like i have thicker thighs and i've tried to make them smaller my whole freaking life i just don't even care anymore i'm like i've got buns and thighs and that's all there is to it and i'm not going to let my clothing be uncomfortable on me because i'm so caught up in sizes and i think another reason that my sense of style was lost is because I was so caught up in remaining a specific size. And so I just wanted to be like another person that's saying like, please don't get caught up in sizing. And honestly try sizing up and, and I hate to be like, don't think too much about it, but just like try it. Like if you're shopping alone at – I I remember it particularly in American Eagle. I've always shopped there. I still shop there to this day. I remember I started sizing up from one size to another. And when I started doing that, I like bought so many items because the size I was now buying, which was bigger than I'm used to, it looked so much better on me. I was like, oh, wow, the, the clothes do fit me. I just – I was trying on the wrong size and it took me some time to get over, you know, and sometimes I do still cringe a little when I'm shopping, but I've just learned to own it. Like, I'm like, go grab me this size. Like, okay. I'm like not talking to people like that, but, um, like if I'm shopping with my mom, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm a size this, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like owning it because it is what it is. Like, I'm like, you're still going to like, love me. And if you don't, that's super messed up and not reality. That's my own insecurities think like swirling in my mind, not even being real. But yeah, if you used to always wear a size medium dress and you now wear all size large dresses, like who freaking cares? Literally, who cares? I'm like, just the thought of anybody else dressing over something like that, it just like hurts my heart because I've definitely been there and I'm still there, honestly. Like I still cringe sometimes at the thought of getting a size that society tells me isn't good enough and that I need to be smaller and I need to eat better and exercise more and blah, 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 rabbit hole, you know, and societal standards suck and they're a lie. And anyways, so tip number seven is don't get caught up in sexing. Tip number eight is try different styles and be bold. So with this tip, I think this is a great way to try to explore different styles and find what you like. This is absolutely how I have found my particular style. This is how I found my particular way of styling different types of clothing. So I think most people like mix and match different styles, but when I talk about styles, I I kind of mean trends and I kind of just mean like I'm not sure what I mean, but here I'll give you some examples. So like academia is like a type of style Um, grunge is a type of style tomboy is a type of style Um, girly is a type of style. So um, those are like some different types that have come to my brain. Those are kind of bad examples, but I think you guys get what I mean and this could also be like also umbrellaed under this could just be like trends in general. So if, um, bell-bottom jeans are really in, or like low waisted jeans are really in, that could be a trend that you jump on and try, which there's no shame in jumping on trends. I do it all the time. It's freaking fun. And anyways, tangent over, but jumping on trends can be really helpful as well because you can kind of find out what looks good on you and what you like. And then once you start figuring out like what looks good on you and what you like, it's fun because you start like intertwining them with your personality. So I may have like frilly dresses in my closet, but I also have high top sneakers and you know, you can just like mix and match that way and figure out what looks good on you. Um, Trying different styles. Like I said, it just encompasses a lot. I think another thing it encompasses is like, type of clothing. So let me give you an example. I really love the type of jean that is straight down your leg and shows a little bit of your ankle and are high-waisted and they have stretch to them like i like a very particular type of jean on me i have found that that looks good and yeah just finding like styles that look good on you as well another one is the type of tank top i like i really like a spaghetti strap (laughs) it's not what they're called like it's just like a string that goes over your shoulders those look great on me but if they kind of go like up my neck high, I don't think they look very good. Like I like to show my like collarbone and I forget what that word is. Is it like declage? Is that the word? If I'm saying that wrong, (laughs) I'm sorry, but I really like showing that area off. So just also finding out where things hit you correctly and what, what you like and what you think looks good on you is really important. So that is tip number eight to just try different styles and be bold. Oh, I forgot before I move on from this tip. I also wanted to say, um, a, a thing you can do if you're feeling nervous about an outfit is to notify. (laughs) This is so weird. And I don't know, you may not feel comfortable doing this, but my mom, I will, if I'm like, going to visit her and my stepdad, my stepdad literally doesn't even notice what I wear, but my mom, she will of course. And if I'm trying something new, I will wear the outfit and I'll warn her I'm wearing the outfit. Like I literally will send her a picture and be like, by the way, I'm trying something new. I'm wearing this outfit. Like (laughs) I'm like, that's what I'm doing. And so I have a good relationship with my mom obviously. And so I will do that. And you can do this with like your friends too. Like if you're going to the movies with someone Or dinner or whatever you like hey i'm trying out this outfit like i'm exploring my personal style like just be open and have fun with it and don't feel like you need to be an expert in your style because you definitely don't like it's supposed to be fun like if you want to wear a clippy in your hair that you've like never worn before like wear it in your hair and if you want to let people know (laughs) before going like do it if they're true friends to you and you know not you know you're hanging around the right people then no one's going to judge you or laugh about you or talk about you and yeah you don't have to do it like one area I won't try something new in is maybe like a more public setting so like my classroom I won't go to one of my college classes like maybe with something new on if I'm a little bit like embarrassed about it I would probably go to something more intimate where I can like joke about it with my friends and get like their honest input, if that makes sense. So anyways, those are just some fun tips if that helps anybody out. The next tip is to window shop and find your go-to stores. So window shopping can be online or in person. I personally love shopping at boutiques. Now they are more expensive, but I feel like you find stuff that is very unique. And yeah, I have this one boutique in the town I live in. I'm literally obsessed with it. It's called Threads. It's so good. And I shop there all the time. And I love their clothing. Anyways, that's besides the point. Window shopping and finding go-to stores is really important. Some go-to stores for me, I never say this store right. Okay. airy, airy. Is that how you say I, can't, I don't know if it's Ari or airy, but... I'm obsessed with that store and I shop there all the time. Another one is American Eagle. I get a lot of shoes from DSW and then um, those are like some and then some boutiques in my town. I shop at those places a lot in person and then of course there's like online shops as well, but you just find your like go-to stores that you really love and feel like look good on you. So definitely try out window shopping. You don't need to spend an arm and a leg to do this. Like you can just go and try on stuff. Like it's free to go to American Eagle and try on hundreds of pieces of clothing to fill, to find out what looks good on you. So just go do it and buy nothing. Like you're allowed to, there's no rule against it. So window shop, figure out what you like and figure out what looks good on you. And then once you figure that out, definitely have go-to stores for when you're like in need of something. That is a very, very good recommendation or tip for you guys. Number 10 is to dabble in vintage and resale shopping. This is for my girls that have just a true love for clothing and like the art of personal style and fashion. Like I feel like people that just really love clothes love doing this. And I'm one of them. So resale shops, um, a really big known one one I feel like a lot of people know about is like Plato's, Plato's Closet. Um, that's a super good one for just like resale items. I will say it's like city dependent. I know the one here where I live is really good. And then we actually have multiple resale shops and a lot of places do in like bigger cities or definitely college towns. I feel like people I've talked to that have gone to other colleges than me. They also say that around their university, there's lots of resale shops. So resale is a really good option to find in trend and on-brand like items that are just like hand-me-down and they're just as good. Like I've found tons of Lululemon from resale shops in my town, which is crazy. Like good items that there's no difference in store-bought, like straight up. So resale shopping can be really awesome. And then also dabbling in vintage shopping. I just think this is a great way to really explore different different eras, eras of fashion, and kind of mixing and matching old with the new. There's something to be said about that. There's definitely something to be said about mixing something that's on trend and maybe from like Revolve with like a blazer that's more outdated and not on trend i don't know there's something to be said about that mixing and matching of vintage and new and i just wanted to throw that out there because vintage shopping can be a lot of fun and it's kind of one of those things where it's it can also be window shopping like just go and try on clothes and like have fun and take your mom or take your best friend and just like go have fun with it you don't have to buy anything you don't have to spend an arm and a leg like just go out and do it um so yeah that's tip number 10 is to dabble in vintage and resale shopping Tip number 11 is to have an ongoing wish list. Oh my gosh, I forgot I put this on my tips. So I always have an ongoing wish list because I'm not made of money, of course, and there's always something else that I want. And I think this is a really good idea for two reasons. Number one, so you're not spending all your money. <laughs> and number two, it just shows that you're, it's like a way to stay inspired. So if I like see something on, I, like right now, I am trying to up my shoe game. I literally have a Pinterest board that says up your shoe game. <laughs> I know that's so cheesy, but I really want a pair of like, I don't know. I want a lot of different pairs of shoes and shoes are very expensive. So I just have like a wish list going that says um, specific like New Balance sneakers I want and Nikes that I want and I don't know I'm just trying to up my shoe game right now so I have this ongoing wish list of shoes but maybe yours is like a certain pair of pants handbag maybe you're saving up for a specific type of coat depending on where you live like I know in New York I feel like a good trench coat would be so vital um or, I don't know anything else like just having things on your wish list like maybe putting in putting it in your notes app on your phone would be fun or do what i do and just make a pinterest board about it whenever i'm like okay i have saved up a couple hundred dollars to go shopping i will look at my pinterest board so whether that be like my fall 2022 or just my overall 2022 fashion or my upping my shoe games pinterest board i'll look on there and kind of reevaluate what I had been wanting in previous months and see a, if I still want it and B if it's something I'm willing to spend money on now. So yeah, that would be the next tip is just to have an ongoing wish list. And then I have finally made it to the end of my tips ending with number 12. And it's more of like a mindset thing. And it's to understand that you are going to evolve and change in terms of style and shape so be kind to yourself have fun with your clothes and remember that the point is to feel good don't get caught up in sizes don't get caught up in other people's opinions like feel good in your clothes and just do you and what's that saying where it's like when you when you look good you feel good yeah when you look good you feel good and try to apply this to all the different areas of your life i feel like You know, if you're a woman or girl listening to this, especially this particular episode, like there is no shame in the game. Like if you want to look good every day at work, every day when you go to the gym, every day when you're lounging around at home, more power to you. You are the main character of your life. Visualize what she looks like going to the gym, going to work going to school, doing these different things and show up. Like even if it's going to the grocery store, if you want to show up in your life a certain way because when you look good, you feel good, do it. Like um oh, something I was wanting to say is like Elwood's. Elwood's Legally Blonde is one of my favorite movies of all time and I have always loved her and her fashion. So if you want to rock an all pink skirt suit at law school, add glitter and ribbons to your accessories, like do it and own it, babe. Seriously, one hundred percent own it. I think Elwood's is so phenomenal, and Legally Blonde is as well. And girl, if you need if you need some inspiration, go watch Legally Blonde tonight. Legally Blonde. There's one. There's two movies. The first one, look. It just really hits home for me, but I do love them both. And anyways, that's what I wanted to go over today. That's what I wanted to leave you guys with. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please do give me a five-star rating and review, and I will see you in the next one.